It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's 100th episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Brandon, we've hit 100 episodes. Can you believe that? Dude, it's flying by. We've been doing this for two years now. We're in triple two, digits. Years. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I can't believe I got this much to talk about still. I can't I believe people are actually still listening to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's crazy. So we've we one a week and we haven't missed a week yet. Um, and yeah, and so I guess we're almost two full years and mm-hmm. about a month will be two two full years that's hard to believe yeah. I, I remember when we were just getting started we were wondering if anybody was actually going to listen to us <laughs> and then we got mics we got yeah we, we got, got we, have, we, have, we got, got mics logo we got a sponsor too we got a sponsor thank you better fat our uh, barbell physio <laughs> yeah um and yeah and more spot anybody else wants to sponsor us please don't hesitate to reach out um but we also have 99 reviews so 99 episodes 99 reviews who's going to be review number 100. I know there are people that I know that tell me they listen that haven't left a review. So please, let's get that triple digit on the review mark. Too. All right, here's what we'll do. First person to give us that 100 review, put your, uh, put your contact info, maybe your email address in there, and we'll send you a t-shirt. Boom. There you go. Incentivizing our reviewers. Yep. Um, preferably five stars. <laughs> but yeah, man, no, it's been a fun ride. We've had some great guests on here. We've had some great conversations. Uh, selfishly, I love getting to pick your brain as I'm going into about to start clinical practice. So I know some of the, getting to learn some of these clinical pearls ahead of time uh, has been invaluable for me, man. Yeah, likewise, and and it's it's been a good learning lesson for me on the strength game as well too. So a lot of things I've been able to plug into my clinical practice. And speaking of strength game, how many people did y'all have competing at the Greenville Games this weekend? Man, nice segue. But we had a uh, we had a nice little army up there, man. I, I love our Vertex family, and we got to hang out with all of our uh, you know friends from Carolina CrossFit too that we're still really close with. And so we had a nice little squad. Had people in almost there's like seven divisions, and we probably had people in uh, I don't know five or six of the divisions, and finished with multiple podium spots, couple couple winners, couple second, third places. So it was it was a fun weekend all around, man. Yeah, that's the first time I got to meet Ethan in public. That's your uh, that's your 2018 games athlete. Yeah, man, that boy is uh, that boy's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> that's a big dude. He's a big dude. But uh, yeah, I came down to visit. He'd been wanting to come down and visit for a while, and then also, um, you know, they were trying to figure out what they're going to do from like a sanctionals team perspective. So it's a chance to, um, you know. We'll, team up and work out with uh, another one of our athletes and maybe joining him on some things. And so uh, it was a great opportunity to kill a couple birds with one stone, getting him down here, also getting a chance to compete and win a little bit of money. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great having him in town, man. It's always fun. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, so 
I know what he won. Um, our shout out to Chelsea and Amy. Yeah. They got third place. Yeah. Vertex employees getting on the podium right. too. That Walking awesome. the walk. I know, man. They're, they're leading from the front. So that was so great to see. They crushed it, man. It was awesome. That was, Amy, I think, Amy's first CrossFit competition too. So um, that was that was really not cool. Not a bad way to start. Yeah, not a bad way to start. Only only up from there. Now she's got, yeah, now there's all these expectations. Like, all right, back in the gym. Here we go. That's right. Well, so I know we had a couple topics we wanted to discuss and I think the, the first one is this real you know hot button topic right now in the profession and that is this this Medicare proposed physician fee schedule that's been coming out so mm-hmm. in a nutshell there's a lot of details to it but basically what it says is that CMS the Center for Medicare Services has proposed this ruling that will happen this fall and if it passes starting in 2021 they're going to cut physical therapy reimbursement by eight percent and not only that, so if you have a PTA that performs a service concurrently, so along with a PT for greater than 10% of the total time spent, I have no idea what all this stuff is. I haven't worked with PTAs in a long time. But anyways, if they, uh, they, they work concurrently with a PT greater than 10%, they're going to cut payment by 15%. So Goodness. last Friday was the last day to take comments, and they got flooded with like 29,000 responses, mm-hmm. which which not bad, right? So a lot, you know, a lot of people kind of reacted to it. So... Off the bat, man, that's, that's kind of a lot to take in. So what do you think about this? Man, all we've been hearing about, too, especially being fresh uh, – well, not technically not even fresh out of school, almost there. It's like three, <laughs> three more weeks. Uh, but um, is how, man, we keep accumulating all this debt, and reimbursement stayed the you – know, we always say it stayed the same even though it went to a, a doctoral degree, right? Well, now – not only is it not saying the same, but we're, it's going down. So cost of tuition is rising. We have to now. It's only doctoral degrees and reimbursements going the opposite direction. This seems like a a really uh, really tough spot that especially these new PTs are going to be in, man. And then um, I mean, I, again, I don't have a lot of experience with PTAs too, but that seems like such a huge reduction, man. Oh, it's 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 really huge. And you know, the thing about it is, I think this is a situation where we got to assume the worst and hope for the best, right? Historically. Mm-hmm. Medicare has had their way with us, right? Whatever they want to do, they're going to, they're going to implement it. So we got to assume that this thing's going to pass. And that's unfortunate. You know, I, I think that um, I, I wish that we had some ass kickers in the APTA that could actually get things to swing our way, but historically that hasn't happened and so on and so forth. But, you know, personally speaking for myself and speaking for this clinic, even if the 8% cut does happen, we're going to be okay. You know, I got arms, I got legs, I'm, I'm, I'll gangster up and we'll make the money. We'll still make a profit. However, I think what you're going to see is you are going to have a lot of clinics that are going to be shutting down, right? Because mm-hmm. patients are going to have access to it. They see a lot of Medicare. I, I'm really curious to sit back. And, and I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of golden parachutes. You're going to probably see a lot of private practices selling the hospital systems. Reason why is because hospital systems, they get reimbursed about three times as much as private practice does. Now, 8% is 8%. It's still going to hurt. But they got a little more of a cushion than we do. So I think that this is going to be another case where you're going to see these big, you know, organizations start to swallow up these private practices. But that's my prediction. We'll just kind of have to see, see what happens, see how it goes. Yeah, man. Do you, uh, do you anticipate uh, some of the members of those private practices might uh, try to go the, the cash route might just be like, this is the last straw. I'm getting out of the insurance game completely. You'll, you'll definitely see some of that too. But the, the thing, so there's a couple things to consider with that though, is, you know, you, as a cash-based practice, you can't take payment from right. Medicare. The other thing that's probably going to happen too is there's a trickle-down effect, right? So mm-hmm. TRICARE basically does what Medicare does. So Medicare cuts reimbursement. TRICARE is probably going to cut reimbursement too. And then that's when you might see some of the private payers like Blue Cross Blue Shield 
maybe they'll start cutting their payments too. Now, South Carolina, they haven't changed in 20 plus years, not saying they won't ever, um, but I mean, you've definitely seen in other states where as soon as Medicare changes, they change too. So, you know, this could have a, a lot of really negative implications. So um, definitely not a good thing. Yeah, um, and you mentioned the APTA a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. So uh, I think you may have, may have been the one that told me that there was no consultation there between uh, CMS and APA, APTA as this process is happening. Yeah, so that was, so just kind of researching this and, um, you know, formulating the, the, the letter, which was a letter that was, you know, essentially copied and pasted this in the comments to APTA, but mm -hmm. would need to be done to make sure that it was, they were going to get some responses and kind of get that 29,000 plus. Yeah. So essentially CMS did not consult with the APTA on this matter, which I don't know is a reflection of uh, like you were talking, saying earlier, the inept, you know, it could be may, maybe the APTA is just doesn't get the respect. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe it could be an ineptitude issue. Um, again, I, I don't really care what the problem is because they're not getting it done. I mean, this is, mm -hmm. this is, this is, this is a bad thing. The sky's not necessarily falling, but this is gonna be one of the worst things that happened in the profession, happened to the profession in a long time, if and when it does pass. So again, man, you, you gotta have, something's gotta change in the leadership. I'm not saying drain the swamp because I don't know how all the stuff works, but um, I'm a results guy, man. You gotta see the stuff get done. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely disappointing to, to see all this unfolding. And uh, it was, it was also kind of cool to see a little bit of the response uh, from the PT community to this. And it's like, okay, you know, we need to at least do, you know, at least make our voices heard. Um, it might just be a little too, uh, you know, a little too little or too late. Because um, like you said, historically, um, we haven't uh, fared well in this type of thing. So uh, I think we just kind of have to expect it to happen and, and prepare for it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But Oh, you know, oh, well, I guess on to the next day, uh, on to the next patient. But um, I know we did have um, to change topics a little bit. Um, we had um, a listener reach out and ask us a little bit about um, some rib dysfunction and, and how we're going to go about, you know, um, you know, in diagnosis, treatment, that kind of thing, maybe some differential stuff. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about what that question was and where we want to go with it? Yes, I should have put up the question. But, you know, in a nutshell, I think it was just asking about how we handle, I guess, how we assess and how we treat rib dysfunction, right? So I think that rib dysfunction is just a, a very broad term, right? Pertaining to anything to do with the ribs whatsoever. And I'm thinking that, you know, this is something that we do treat. This is something that we do deal with. And what it comes down to is this is this could be a diagnosis depending on how it presents where you got to really make sure you got your differential diagnosis in check, right? Because we're talking about it's some, being something catastrophic, something traumatic, like, you know, sports related injury or car accident, we're thinking broken ribs, that could potentially be bad, right? You know, we need to make sure we're referring those people out immediately because we don't want to get something puncturing a lung, for example. Um, ribs, just some of the basic anatomy of the ribs, they, they attach to the, to the spine, right? To the thoracic spine. And it is common that they will either hurt right along those attachments, like right along like the thickest part of the rib head, but sometimes they can actually refer pain around the trunk, like anywhere from the back to the front. And that's a case to where when you're starting to see pain refer around to the front, you got to really make sure this isn't some kind of visceral referral, right? Make sure it's not something coming from an organ, because obviously that can be very serious too. Um, but then, you know, beyond, and also like T4 syndrome, that's another thing that you might sometimes see when somebody comes in thinking it's their ribs, that kind of thing too. But then beyond that, for me, as a, as a therapist, I'm really just treating it essentially like anything else, right? Whatever is 
painful, dysfunctional. I'm going to try to make it not painful and not dysfunctional, right? So there's so many things that you can do with that, right? If you got someone who's just point tender right along the rib head, like on the back, kind of just to the side of the spine, that might be something you want to manipulate. You might want to do like a manipulation like you would do for the spine, but just direct it towards the ribs. You may even want to needle that area. You just got to be really, really careful. Make sure you're precise because if you go in between those ribs, that's going to put you in the lung, right? You can give someone a pneumothorax, which is a collapsed lung. Um, you'll see that sometimes people have issues and pain with breathing. So as far as exercise goes, that's probably going to be one of the very first things you start with is just working on breathing. Um, very common that pain is provoked with rotation to one side because you're going to kind of crunch down on some of those costal transverse joints. Uh, very common that it might be painful in extension. So whoever they present in front of you, you've got to just kind of grade that exposure and work on getting it back and then plug it into whatever kind of functional activity they're lacking. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a pretty thorough uh, explanation of it, man. And I don't really have too much to add. I think my biggest thing was going to be uh, the differential aspect of it, too. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, we're dealing with something here, especially if there was some kind of mechanism of injury, there was some type of trauma. It's like better safe than sorry. Make sure that we you get the person in the right hands and we rule out all those different things or or rule out, as you mentioned, something you know underlying, some kind of visceral referral first. Um, and then you know, what, what, what's the issue, what's the impairment, and then how are we going to address that impairment? So I think you got, uh, I think that was a good explanation there. There's not too much more we can add. We can get maybe a little bit more specific with it if anybody has a question on some, something a little bit more specific than kind of just general rib dysfunction. But, uh, you know, I think that was a good, uh, a good explanation there. Sure, cool. Last thing, last topic. We'll talk about a little bit about the Flying 7 Challenge. So, so <clears throat> the Flying 7, I know you know what that is. Are you want to give a little explanation about what that is? Flying seven, man. It is a a manipulation challenge. Uh, seven <laughs> well, hey, different. Well, just 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 what oh. flying seven is, right? Because that's got an origin story to it. Oh man, you 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 can share that story. <laughs> all right, so all right, flying seven. Basically, what this is is it's it's seven manipulations done in sequence. You're gonna crack the net two times, so one on each side. You're going to hit the, the, the upper back, the thoracic side, sorry, the thoracic spine three times. And then you're going to hit the lumbar spine once on each side, right? So that, mm -hmm. that did my effort. That's yeah. seven times, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. All right, gotcha. So the reason why it's called the flying seven is the, the, the unofficial story behind it is that this is something that was originated in the chiropractic community. So, you know, chiropractors for a long time have been known to see patients, I don't know, once every five minutes, once every 10 minutes, 15, whatever. And basically anything that comes to the door, you're going to get those seven adjustments, right? So you got neck pain, we're going to crack these seven things. Oh, you got diabetes, we're going to crack these same seven things. Broken leg, we're going to crack these seven things. You get the point, right? So what we, what I, what we did, I did, um, is we kind of just turned into a challenge, right? Just to see how quickly you could get these, uh, these seven things done, um, for time. And so far the record 17 seconds, but, you know. mm -hmm. um, but I think last year I posted it on one of those Facebook groups. Um, mm -hmm. one of the, I can't remember. Maybe the doctor of physical therapy, students, something like maybe. that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Oh man, dude, I got so much hate, dude, mm -hmm. dude, so much hate from everybody. I think I maybe got like two people that follow school. Um, <laughs> ended up getting like taken down within a couple of hours, but, but it was a little, but there was one guy that was just going hard. He posts like four times, oh, not even clinical prediction at once. What about clinical prediction? I was like, dude, it's a little embarrassing, right? Because we're not using those clinical prediction rules anymore. It's 2019. But anyways, still a fun challenge. I think, I think, um, you know, obviously it's not something you would do with an actual patient. It's something you might want to do with like your staff members, your interns. Um, but it's, it's, you know, once you get comfortable with your skills, it's a good way just to practice being fast. And, um, 
you know, again, you would never do this with an actual patient, but in some cases, I mean, you got someone that's really painful and they don't want you like messing with their neck and taking 10 seconds to assess before you crack it. It gives you a chance just to you know, get it done quick as far as that goes. That's my opinion. I think you might have a slightly different opinion, but um, it's a fun challenge to do. Again, record 17 seconds. I'm just saying, I'm not saying to do it, but I am saying 17 seconds. If you can beat it, let me know. <laughs> no, man, it's definitely a fun challenge around. I think you, you stressed it well. That's where my stress is. You wouldn't actually do this with the patient. Um, and that's kind of where my head goes. Like, this is fun, but we don't <laughs> no one necessarily do this with somebody walking out the door. Um, but unless you know the person has asthma, then maybe you just crack them to seven. Then, oh, oh you're going to cure their asthma, man. <laughs> um, or maybe it was an ear infection. That's yes. what it was. Ear infection, and then you hit these seven. No more ear infection. Boom. Done. Yep. 15 second cure. Who needs antibiotics? Right. Um, so, uh, no, oh, it's. Okay. <laughs> There's a story. There's another story. All right. So I got a friend. I'm not going to say what chiropractic college he went to, but he said on the first day of class, one of the professors, I mean, again, secondhand knowledge, I can't vouch for it, but one of the professors came in and said, my body is so well aligned that I could inject myself with the HIV virus and I wouldn't contract it. Boom. We have found the cure. <laughs> And it is perfect alignment. Um, no, uh, but in all seriousness, back to the challenge. Uh, it it's definitely fun. Um, it is one of those things. Screen the person first. Make sure they're good. Make sure you yeah. you know cover your bases, and then have a little, have a good time. But um, yeah, seventeen seconds. I, I'm coming. I'm going to come for your record, man. I'm, I'm going to say it today. I'm putting it on podcast. It is going to be in the sixteens. It's going to happen. But then there's a then there's a big debate. You know, we know that cavitation actually isn't necessary, quote unquote, for the the actual effect, other than like the you know the patient's perception of what happened there. Um, so does there actually have to be a pop for this to count? The cavitation doesn't matter. Said no patient ever. <laughs> but hey, I'm am just using the literature that we don't have to have the pop. But if, oh, yeah, hell yeah, man. <laughs> Otherwise, you could just you just grab a neck and just say, hey, did it right? You get it done in like four seconds that way. No, uh, all right, so no. you got to have a cavitation. So that means you got to make sure you have a confidence booster as your patient. Yeah. It got to be somebody that boxes. Pick the right model. Pick the right model. Yeah. Pick the right model. All right, yeah. I'm gonna right. find the right model in, in our clinic. I'm gonna find which. Uh, staff member which in turn which who, who pops the best and uh, then you got to coach them up though you got to coach them up on how to get into position quickly <laughs> can they get into that sideline position for the lumbar stuff yeah. and flip over really quickly there's some yeah. strategy to it oh yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely a pairing it's not just the yep. clinician it's it's definitely about the pair exactly right. <laughs> anyway man that was a fun one um you know again start off on a little bit more of a somber note we're talking about the uh proposed uh fee schedule change Dude, which I sucks don't, i don't but... know why they don't just get rid of ultrasound Medicare to say, hey, we're if, if Medicare said we're going to quit paying for ultrasound across the board, I would probably throw a party. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, they're you know clinicians are still using it, so I guess they're going to keep paying for it. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know, uh, but yeah, but it definitely uh, the Flying Seven Challenge that'll brighten your day. So uh, again, we appreciate all y'all for listening the last couple of years, getting us to a hundred episodes. Um, uh, you know, again, we couldn't do it without without everybody tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Uh, please do leave a review, and like Brian said. The, hundredth person a t-shirt coming your way um and so uh we'll, we'll get that to you again thank you very much and we will catch y'all next monday and one last thing if you like the episode please head on over to itunes subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review that way we can reach more people and if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram at Better Faster Podcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at Vertex PT and at Vertex Strength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday.
This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.